What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep Country Israel. Joel L. Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. Uh, we're going to talk about the coronavirus and earnings. We are getting into the thick of earnings season now. Uh, the big guns start reporting after the close today. We'll talk about a number of reports we've already gotten and preview some of the big reports we're going to get after the close today uh, and later on in the week. Our guest today, Nick Shaheen, he's the author of Create Income with Option Spreads and Sell Spreads. Com. He joins us every other Tuesday at 8.35 to give us his thoughts on the market and some options plays for the week. You can always give us a call as well. Leave us a voicemail, 734-494-0246. Joel, what's the word here overnight? Spencer, we're trading up 18 and three quarters handles. We've Ooh. had a 25-point range overnight. Open right near the close your close is 39.50 your tick 38.75 and boom it was off to the races your pre-market high 63.75 let's see if monday's globex high comes into play here 69.75 so that's a target on the upside on the downside really the only thing you have is mid-range on the session and that's way down at 51 and a quarter so market very resilient this morning Crude in the green by 27 cents at 53.41. Gold in the red by 4.70 at 14.72.70. Silver back under 18, down 18.8 cents at 17.87. And you can put a nine on the Bitcoin futures now, trading up $55. These are the futures. 9,050 folks. We got volume coming into these Bitcoin futures. I don't care if you like them or don't like them. You can't find value them or not. The volume in the open interest is going up. And when I read uh, my Edwards and McGee textbook, when open interest goes up with increasing volume, that's bullish. So, hey, Ted K, here we come in Bitcoin. How you doing, Dennis? Do we lose Dennis? I am trying to find it. So when he grabbed the Skype thing, it moves on me. Or not the Skype, the Zoom video, it moved on me. And I was trying to unmute myself because Spencer mutes me because he doesn't want me talking over him. 
He should do that more often during the show. <laughs> I wouldn't talk over you as much. When I talk too much, just put me on mute. Just talking and we want to talk and you just mute him. It's and... Just put me on mute. You should have learned that a long time ago. We could have learned that three years ago, Spencer. Yeah, choose not to. Yeah. But then he would give, <laughs> give me that mute button, man. Where is it? Which one is it? Now, so you, you have your own mute button, Joel. No, I mean I have a lot of thoughts. Oh, I have a lot of thoughts. They're obviously just thoughts, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just spooked about this virus. I never get spooked about stuff like this. So I wasn't spooked with SARS. I wasn't spooked with Ebola. I'm completely spooked with this virus. And maybe I, it's the social media aspect. You know, back when SARS was a thing, there wasn't as social media wasn't as, um, or maybe not even in existence really yet. I don't think Twitter was. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's the fact that I'm seeing all this stuff, but I was watching videos coming from China. That's definitely it. Yeah, it it probably is. Um, You know, and I'm trying, like I haven't sold anything out of my investment portfolio and it's all in my power not to sell here today because this is a nice rally and I am spooked because I saw those videos last night of people taking uh, videos of people in the hospitals in China and I've never seen a hospital pack like that. Like they were wall to wall people in the halls. People can't even move. Um, if oh. that's all true, and I don't know who would make up a video like that, it is scary. So, so anyways, this market the, cares nothing about that. It seems like the S and P's. So give us the details overnight, Spencer. We have a lot more cases, a lot more countries. It is spreading more, more rapidly than it was yesterday, but the market doesn't seem to care. Yeah. So if you think back to SARS, uh, and, and I was young, but even, even I remember this, that one of the criticisms was that. Uh, the Chinese authorities were not forthcoming with information, right? Uh, right off the hop. Yes. Is uh, and by the time they were forthcoming, it had already really been contained, right? So they 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 weren't forthcoming with information to to other governments to to the public, uh, and we definitely did not have the quantity of videos and images that we do now. So that's definitely yeah. fanning the flames a little bit. Uh, right. As far as far as the numbers. Uh, it's getting worse. Um, the number of confirmed cases rose 60% Monday to Tuesday. We're now at around 60% from Monday to Tuesday goes up and the market rallies. We're at around 4,500 confirmed cases, uh, and, uh, over a hundred deaths now in China. How many confirmed cases total like a worldwide now? Uh, 4,500 about. How many were with SARS back in 2003? Uh, about 8,000. All right. So we're going to be. By the projections here, and I mean the way it's going, it's safe to say that we're going to probably be 8,000 by the end of the week um, because this is not going down anytime soon, and they're just still climbing. I mean, we had, what, 2,000 more overnight here, roughly? Yeah, roughly. 1,300 in China plus uh, elsewhere as well? Correct. Because we were around 2,700, so what? maybe I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit high, maybe in the 1,800, 1,700 no, it, I mean, we were at 2,800 yesterday. We're at 4,500 today. So 1,700 more cases overnight, one day. And I mean, this is the confirmed cases. I'm watching in the media and they're saying that, you know, this is tens of thousands of cases, that this is being drastically underestimated. Now, again, SARS was more deadly, which is the one good thing about this virus. It's not quite as deadly as SARS was. If they're saying 3% versus I think SARS was 10%. Uh, But I just look at this and I think, wow. You know, this market, is this a gift here today that we're, you know, the fear of missing out, the earnings, expectations? Like, you can understand the drivers. It kind of makes sense. You know, we didn't have any more cases reported in the U.S., uh, so that's not going to spook U.S. investors as much. I mean, they're, they're saying there's some unconfirmed ones. I heard in Pennsylvania, you were hearing Michigan, Joel. I mean, it, it's, it's likely that there are going to be more cases, but it's not 
you know, continuing to spread here at least yesterday. So maybe that's a reason that the S&Ps are really rallying and they're bringing the overall market up with it, like the other markets as well. Uh, but you also have Apple earnings coming tonight. You got Microsoft coming this week. You got Amazon coming this week. So lots of good high expectations for earnings season. So FOMO is real here still. And people see that dip and they're like, this was the opportunity. I got to get in. I think, in my opinion, I think these people are going to be wrong. Um, I don't know when it all comes to roost, but I think when we look at this market in two weeks, if this thing continues to spread like it is, I think the market is substantially lower. So maybe you get a lift on Apple earnings tonight. Maybe you get a lift. Maybe even, who knows, maybe in the next couple of days, maybe you could even retest the highs. I mean, we're only two and a half percent away from there. But I am going to probably lighten some up or buy some protection. I never buy protection on my investment portfolio. But from what I've seen, I'm just scared that not only about it, the virus coming to North America, what does this do to all these companies' earnings for next quarter? Multinational companies. With, with chi- the multinational corporations. I mean, China is basically, shut for down. all intents and purposes, shut down. I mean, there's not much happening there. Joel, can you talk about your friend? You, yeah, you talked to somebody just, uh, in Beijing yeah, yesterday. I know, Dennis, you sent me that, uh, that thing last night. And, uh, you know, I went and I looked at it. And, you know, there are numbers and they are you know, statistics, but to me, you know, I look at the source kind of like in the markets and it was a guy with 600 Twitter followers and it was a spreadsheet, you know, that showed this, this, and this. So, you know, I, you know, I took it with a grain of salt. I put in some sell stops when I went to bed and, you know, to get short, if we went down, they never got executed, which I'm glad. Um, I have a buddy over there that I follow the markets with and, um, he is not um, in the heart of the storm. He's in a, a large city outside of Wuhan. And um, he, when I asked him how he was doing this morning, he was started talking about the spoos in the S&Ps. Um, he's been uh, in his place a lot over the last week. He's gone out. Usually when he goes outside his place, he sees, you know, a couple hundred people. He sees like 10 or 12 people. Uh, people are only, you know, doing what they can. They're not going to public places. And uh, as far as these, um, the hospital things, he says a lot of people are going to get tested, you know, so you, you know, and of course you would. So, you know, if you're being tested then you know, if you're okay, then they let you go. If not, they keep you. So that's what, you know, he's seeing from the hospital situation. He, uh, you know, when I asked about the rows of dead bodies and stuff, he was like very skeptical about that. He's following, uh, the social media in China and getting information out of there. Uh, you know, but he also is saying that, you know, things are shut down for the holidays anyways. Yeah. Right. So you have, you know, a situation, someone who's a lot, you know, closer than, you know, Ontario um, in the eye of the storm and uh, you know, being, uh, being very calm and not nearly as worried as you are. So so everything I'm worrying about, and there's people in the chat that are upset that I'm talking about this stuff. I'm trying to give market perspective here. So it's my job to, you know, upset about t- that. the fears are one thing. The, the other thing is, you know, and fear is a real thing. I mean, there can be, you can be scared about it. It's not like, you know, you can't control yeah. your emotions, right? So I'm talking my emotions here, but I'm not saying I haven't sold anything on my long-term portfolio. I'm saying it's taking everything in my power not to. But let's see, I'm trying to look at this from a realistic perspective. So China, maybe it's shut down. Maybe this doesn't even affect their GDP. But with this many people sick, with this much going on, I got to think it's going to show up in some multinational numbers here. There is fear over there. I mean, there's a lot of people infected. 
we saw what happened with SARS. We had 8,000 cases with SARS. We're going to blow that out of the water here. We can safely say we're going to blow 8,000 out of the water. Yes, it's not as deadly, but there is already 104 people dying. You could easily see how this could get into the thousands of people dying if they don't get this thing contained soon. And SARS, how much did we fall, Spencer, with, with SARS? I, I don't have that in front of me. I feel uh, it, like it was like less than 20%, it, but it wasn't, you know, and Ebola was significant as well. So we're down two, 3%. If you're worried about it, you can almost get out at the all-time highs here. I mean, yeah, and I actually, I'm looking I, at, I'm like, maybe I should just lighten up. Maybe it materializes into nothing. But if it does materialize into something, I'm going to be happy that I raise some cash. So that's what I'm looking at is potentially raising some cash because if we do dip eventually on this virus, when it starts to show up in North America, which I believe it is going to, not saying, you know, everybody's going to die, not saying it's the end of the world, but I'm saying this could impact the markets. And that's our job is to look ahead and try to figure out what's going to impact the markets. This is a real thing. It could right, impact so, the markets. So, so I think raising some cash here is prudent. And I'm hearing Dennis in the chat. I don't know what you were looking at, but uh, a lot of people respect, um, you know, your opinion, our opinion, Spencer's opinion. And, you know, it's, it's market, it's market. Well, Spencer, you're not saying much. Uh, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's something that could affect the markets. I mean, it's something that you have to, you know, have to look at me. You know, I'm a super worry where I'm always looking to short the market and I just, you know, I thought about it last week and I, you know, I'll still look at things today. Uh, but you know, the thing about it is, is like, you gotta be in cause you know that if something is going to evolve it, you know, there could be some intraday news, but the big, you know, if it goes to 10,000, you know, tomorrow night, which is probably prescribed to go to, you know, you gotta be in, but you know, right now, I mean, there's a lot of green on the screen and you know, price is your best indicator. Okay. And there's a lot of reasons to think like that this market could squeeze. I don't want to just start shorting everything here. Like even if I think eventually we might go lower because of this, we got a lot of catalysts to bring us higher. Maybe we should move into that. So it's not all just doom and gloom here. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. We talked nope. a lot yesterday about it because we need to talk about it. We talked how to trade this. We talked about the coronavirus stocks. I mean, if you were trading those coronavirus stocks, those things, some of them blasted off yesterday. Yes, they're coming in here this morning because I guess the fears um, you know, are coming down here somewhat, well, obviously with the overall market rally as well. But you know, a lot of these things really moved yesterday. And Spencer's get, and, and Benzinga have given us an excellent list. I mean, there's good trading opportunities in these things. There was a few of those stocks like VIR was trading up $7, $8 on a $20 stock. Um, you know, there was that APT we were talking about. And I played, I was trading that one. From six to eight, it moved. I mean, there was big moves in this stuff. So even as a trader, even if you're not worried about health or worried about everybody or contagion, you just have to understand what's the market dynamics that are happening out there. There's a lot of balls being juggled here right now. But when I see the videos of what's happening in China, I got to think that's eventually going to impact some multinational corporations. Uh, so that's why I worry about next quarter and maybe some warnings coming here. I mean, obviously the market's worried about it too. That when resorts fell 30, 30 points and five trading sessions. So some of these legitimate worries, that's 20%. Uh, Ed Seeking Missile, um, he's just, he's asking about, you're, you're definitely not putting any money to work. You're talking about, you actually, you said that yesterday. I am not, I am not. And maybe I'm wrong. I mean, if they shrug this off, the earnings are all good and they contain the thing and, the, and we get a vaccine right away, I'm cool. gonna be wrong. Um, and I hope I'm wrong, I really do. Wow. But I don't know if we're as, Gonna, they're going to contain it as well as everybody, at least the markets, think they are. That's what I'm worried about. So I'm not buying the dip. I haven't sold anything. I haven't bought anything. I'm still trading market neutral. 
So that's telling you I'm not that worried. If I was that worried, I'd be liquidating my portfolio and buying puts. But you know, if we get a significant rally, let's say off the Apple earnings, Microsoft earnings, we get back up near those highs, be pretty tempting to maybe buy some protection because protection will be cheaper then too. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's even cheaper today. But uh, yeah, the previews are still going to be elevated. Um, you know, it, it's the kind of situation, you know, let's just hope and pray that this thing is contained. Uh, I hope so too. I talked to my wife, Lisa, yesterday about it. She, you know, she just, you know, she's a physician. She has people coming in her office and stuff. And she, I mean, at this point, she's, you know, she's talked to other doctors and stuff. She's not ultra concerned. Um, you know, she's looked at the West right, Nile virus. I, I, I think that's a good, if, if when Lisa's concerned, then I will be scared. That's right. There you right. go. Yeah. Let right. us know when Lisa but, starts yeah, concerned. Yeah, she's not concerned. I'm not concerned. How about that? Yeah, but, <laughs> but I'm a trader. So it's a different story. I make my living trading and I need to, you know, yeah. if I think this market's going to start to get concerned about it, I, I make money by anticipating where the flow of money is going to come. So am I scared that we're all going to turn around and we're going to contagion, everybody's going to die and it's going to be like the no. walking dead? No. You know, even if this thing doesn't get contained, the death rate's only 3%. So, you know, optimists would say, well, if the death rate's 3%, it means 97% of people who get this are going to live. So even if you get it, it's not the end of the world. You have a very good chance of still living. But I'm just saying the markets, if it starts to show up over here and we start to get some deaths over here, I believe the market will go down over here. And uh, just one last note uh, from my buddy over there. Uh, he said, lots of companies are asking their employees to work from home, you know, once the holidays are over. So it's, you know, their Chinese economy is not you right. know, coming to an absolute halt yet. And, and then just to put a, a bow on this, Dennis, your, your question about what the market did for SARS uh, within, yeah. within six months, the S&P was up 14.5%. So what did it do? Uh, yeah, but what was the dip? We know it was different. I don't know about the dip. Mark was still in the gutter from the financial crisis, so we were continuing that. You know, coming back from you know where we uh, were. Oh no, I'm sorry. No, no, no sorry. Was, was from the tech bubble, 2003. Right. Yeah. With Ebola. Well, I so I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Long term, market went higher. Well, um, I just want to tell you. You know, I want to hedge a lot of our holdings over the years and stuff. And no, no, no. It's usually no. the wrong move. Yes. Yesterday, she said, "What about buying puts?" So she hasn't. I don't ever heard oh, that. Oh, so she's a little bit scared. <laughs> yeah, yes, I've never heard that word come out of her mouth. A little bit so. scared. That's a little bit scared. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, we right. all hope it gets contained. I hope it gets contained. Uh, I got a kid that has asthma. I don't want this virus coming here. So maybe, and my wife says, you know, it's a little close to your heart too, because it's a respiratory illness. My boy has asthma. He struggles yeah. when he gets the normal flu. So I don't want him getting uh, the coronavirus because he could really struggle with that. So you have asthma as well, Spencer. Although I think yeah, asthma, not, as you get older, it's not as bad, right? Yeah, it's not as bad. when It's, it's worse as a kid. So when you get older, it's not quite, I haven't had a... Uh, uh, a, a flare-up for, for quite some time. Uh, okay, let's, uh, yeah, right, 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 let's talk earnings. Let's move on. But um, I just want to say is if we rally on the earnings, I might use that opportunity to lighten up my portfolio. I mean, just... I don't, it's been a good run. About, we talked about this last night, too. I mean, the it's not like the market is in a trough. You talked about it late 2018 when you lightened up. The market was kind of flat, right? It yeah. Year, and then you had the crazy rally in 19. This is a different situation. So you might even be thinking, you know, lighting, you know, lightening up anyways. The market had an incredible gain last year and it already added to it this year. So even taking this situation out, you know, of going on, it's always good to think about the downside. It's always good to think about potential hedges. I mean, 
Mark is not going to go straight up forever. I know some people think it is, but you know, election year, a lot of things are going on. But there's right. a lot of things happening. Spencer is going to take over for now. I'm, all right, the rest of the show. Let's do some earnings. Uh, some big names this morning. The real big guns after the bell today. But let's just start with. Uh, let's do Pfizer here. Uh, PFE. Sure. They reported uh, Q4 just EPS of a two cent miss, 55 cents versus a 57 cent estimate. Sales was a slight beat, 12.7 versus 12.6 billion dollars. The guidance they gave for their fiscal year EPS was in line. The guidance they gave for their fiscal year sales was also in line. And Pfizer trained down two percent. Ah, oh, I'm I'm in this long term. I've had Pfizer. I'm I'm been at real long term. I've been in since fourteen dollars. I bought it. I don't know, probably ten years ago now. So I'm I'm sticking with those shares. Um, from a trading perspective, it's been a pretty good run from Pfizer. Like it went from this back in the summer. It went from forty four to thirty four. And if you want to talk like fifty percent, we're a little bit through that. But you struggled here around the forty. Now you pull back. I'm not necessarily buying the dip in this one today. Uh, well, Although I'm sticking with my long-term, my long-term yeah, position. Yeah, the only thing, Spencer, pull up the daily here. I mean, this is the way I'd be looking at trading down 81 cents, 39.36. That's a very large move for Pfizer, number one. Okay, so if I was like a, sh I was short, and I total had a fade going into the earnings report. I would be waiting to see if this thing comes in under 39. Uh, you go back to the beginning of the year, 867, 870, 868, 879, 879, 890. Six, seven rows in a row. So if I could get this thing in under 30, I mean, it stopped there six, seven times in a row. So that would be, that's my major support. I would be, love to bring that thing in. If I had a short, that'd be down a buck 40. Like I said, the average daily move for Pfizer is what? 50, 60, 70 cents. So boom, I, uh, I, I don't know. I just uh, like that support under there. Hard to figure out resistance. There's a whole pile of stocks that have reported here. We got a few last night. We've got some big ones here this morning. Uh, let's go to 3M because 3M was getting a lift yesterday because they sell masks. We kind of poo-pooed that, and it was really ridiculous when you think about it. I mean, what, I don't know what their you know, medical mask business is, but it's probably less than 1% of their overall businesses, and so many of their other businesses were going to be affected by China. So I don't know who was buying 3M at the open yesterday when it opened up $2. That was immediately sold. So that was a gift. And 180, 179, 178, 177, close at 175, and now they miss. So now the stock is down even further. Um, give us the details for MMM. What yeah. percentage of their sales is mad? Oh, it's got to be really minute. MMM makes everything. I mean, tape. you know. Tape and mass. Uh, didn't yeah. have the greatest quarter. They, their Q40 PS at buck ninety-five missed a two dollar and ten cent estimate. Sales eight point one billion versus an eight point one two billion dollar estimate. So they missed on both the numbers for the, the fourth quarter. Uh, the guns they gave was fine. It was in line. They also said they're going to reduce their headcount by about fifteen hundred uh, positions. They're going to lay off fifteen hundred people. So not a great report. The guidance not great either, um, but the, the guidance is in there, so it's not like it's a disaster guidance. You know, nine nine sixty one estimates, nine thirty nine seventy five. So they're kind of in there. So I'm kind of like me. I 
I don't really see, you know, this thing getting killed here today. Maybe 170 gives you good support if you get yep. back down there. Yep. But that's right where we got to in the pre-market. I think there's Way good down. support down here now. There's still the mask trade going on. People will see this if, as a, you know, a potential coronavirus stock, which I think is ridiculous. But it was obviously trading off of that yesterday to a certain extent. So for those reasons, I don't think it gets rocked. Uh, pre-market low, 169.53. That coincides with a daily low that you had at 169.15. You bounce 280 off that, three bucks off that level. I don't think you're going to get another chance uh, to get it at that area. A low ahead of it. Uh, we've taken out 172.20. Let's see if we got anything else under there. Nah, now once 169.50, 170, that's pretty good support. On the upside here, you did have a quick spike up to 173, 170.70 no, 174.70 after you made that low. I bet you that might have been an odd lot or something. But let's just say right now, let's call the short-term resistance, right where you're trading here now, uh, 173.50. Let's go to UTX. It's trading down as well, although off the lows too. How'd they do? I actually want to do UTX and uh, Lockheed Martin. Let's uh, do them together. Yeah, the combo, the pair trade, even though I don't know. Well, they're somewhat related, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. A uh, little bit. Let me pull up the chart here first. So UTX reporting uh, Q4 EPS, a buck 94 versus buck 84. So that's a nice beat. Sales also beat 19.6 billion versus 19.37 billion. Uh, so beat and a beat in the fourth quarter for UTX. Lockheed Martin, same story, beat and a beat in the fourth quarter. I mean, Lockheed Martin is still your war play here too, and like we said, we didn't get it didn't get as much press as it did or as it should have if it wasn't for the coronavirus. But we obviously had that attack on the U.S. Embassy yesterday, so I think these stocks still stay in favor. We don't know what's happening. That's another ball that's juggling in the air. Uh, but LMT getting a lift here. The stock's been unbelievable; it just continues to go higher. I believe if it's not an all-time high, it's pretty darn close. I believe it is. So. Lockheed Martin. I've always lost a lot of money shorting stocks at all-time highs, so I'm not shorting. Uh, you know these uh, these $440, $450 stocks. I mean, I just seems like the defense industry. These stocks thinner traded. I mean, they jacked this thing to uh, boom four forty-three fifteen. So you're five bucks off the high at that. So I, it just seems they get a little bit overdone, and then they they settle in during the day. Uh, a way gap up. I mean, there just has to be some sellers at four. Never been up here. Four thirty nine, four forty, four. Yeah, it's a big psychological. Four fifty too, but we're not getting that high. Oh, if, I I would say if I could do some, you know, reverse analysis when these high price defense stocks beat and have these big gap ups, man, I just don't think it, it, it they hold a lot. I mean, they'll hold and maybe still be up on the day. But it seems like just some odd lots go off at those really high prices, and we never go over there. But, uh, you know, never say never. And you said UTX, right? Yeah. Did I do UTX yet? No. That dip, buy the dippers came in again. Uh, your pre-market low came in at 148.50. And I see, what do I see here? I don't see much there. I see... Lower 147s is major support here, but you're, you're three bucks, maybe a little bit longer, longer term support at 147. Bad day yesterday for UTX coming off all time highs. So anybody that tried to buy the dip on that yesterday is probably regretting it, probably trying to get out as well. 
A lot of earnings here. If you've got a specific stock you want to talk about, again, we're in earnings season, so we won't have time to cover them all. We're just doing the big ones here. Um, but if you've got one you want to talk about, let us know. Uh, let's go to MKC. Spinner's talking about it. This is a mess here this morning. I know it's one of Kramer's favorite stocks, so he's not going to be happy about this. Uh, it's down 12 points here in the pre-market. What happened? Yeah, and this is one that you're going to have to look in, into the into the filing, into the release, because the headline numbers uh, are, aren't, are I mean, they're not good, but they're not like this bad. They're not a disaster. The, the Q4 EPS was in line at a buck 61, and the sales missed a little bit, 1.48 versus $1.52 billion. So you're, you're going to have to look a little bit closer as to why it's down the way it is. The sales missed. Um, yeah, so maybe there's some guidance in there. Maybe there's something else in there. So obviously we're doing the show live here, so it's difficult. And th these did come out this morning, but I haven't died. There's been a lot of other things to trade besides McCormick report. Wow, this is a big dip for this stock. So until I know what they said with the guidance, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm in the I'm in the release right now. Hold on. I'm, I'm reading. There, there does look to be support, Joel, down here and right where it bounced in the pre-market. If you look at this pre-market chart, it's not yeah. surprising where it bounced at. 157.61 was a low back in November 4th. You had yeah. multiple lows. Actually, you got like four or five different lows from October, November, right in that 157 area. So uh, very unsurprising that it found to bounce there. I'm just surprised it's down this much. I mean, this is more of a lower beta stock. This is a big move for the stock. Someone, man, someone hammered this thing. I mean, they came out. You had a step down. All right, all right, all right. I found it. I found oh, it. Uh, it. Yeah, uh, they guided their uh, fiscal year 20 uh, EPS. They guided a range of $5.20 to $5.30. Estimate was at five fifty six. So okay, so a little light on the guidance. They don't like light guidance, especially when it's stocks that I don't think the growth rate was ever super high in a stock like this. So they don't want to see that light guidance. They want to see stable stability um stock was trading near the highs so you got some people sitting on some profits they're taking them if anybody was hitting this thing they're taking it then i'm talking about the people who bought this thing two weeks ago those profits are all gone overnight here so right back down to the low of the move i think it's good support 157 other than that um, is this a spice company yeah yeah um <laughs> I don't know. You had a step-down seller. I mean, he just wanted out, and there was nothing there, and he just kept on offering it lower and lower and lower until he finally got done on his piece. I mean, not many shares have traded. Um, you're on the rebound here, so now that you have a couple bucks off that pre-market low, Dennis also mentioned the daily lows here. The longer it takes, I got 156.90 is uh, 156.80 is the low, so – Five bucks off the low. I mean, if the big seller comes in again, you may see it, but just uh, looks like uh, just drifting higher right now in uh, MKC. Hog. It's another ugly one. A stock that's just been a perennial dog, I mean, for, I feel like for decades here now. HOG was up at $74. I guess not decades, but years. $74 back in 2014. Here we are six years later, and it's more than a two-for-one stock split from those prices. It has never come back. It seems like every time it starts to get a lift, it just finds more sellers. Had a good October, ran from 33 to 41, then slowly leaked it back. Now we we'll to be right back down at those lows here once again. I mean, Hog has just been a very uh, big disappointment. This is interesting because the EPS was quite good and the sales were quite bad. So there's probably some... They don't like bad sales. Financial engineering to, to, to maybe juice the EPS a little bit there. Uh, 20 cent EPS versus a 9 cent estimate. Like I said, that's great. And the revenue was not great. $874 million versus $918 million estimate. 
Boy, oh boy. I've seen this thing. Why? Why why is it going to rally? Maybe bounces, but there's so much overhead supply. So many people have them beat up in this thing. There's so many better places to put your money than HOG. That's my thoughts. 3164. It stands as your pre-market low. You're not that far away from it, so that may come into play. Uh, on the monthlies, if you're looking for monthly support here, you got to look under $31 back in uh, September, 3075. Uh, that was your monthly low. August was 3017, so only a couple bucks away from it. Maybe not go there today. But uh, that line, if you're looking longer term here, I'd wait to see uh, see this thing under uh, or under 31 in the $30 handle as the major support. Uh, S&P's two points off the session high. We're trading at 61.75. Durable goods just came out. They yep. were good. Yep. Yep. So a little bit of a catalyst there. Let's do one more earnings report before we go to grab our guest. Um, just had a few pulled up, and I, I don't know uh, where do you want to go, Dennis. We can go to go F five systems from last night. F five networks. Oh, okay, I, I was long this for a while, and I actually sold it on the gap up day on earnings day, and I I don't remember the reason. I remember that the earnings I thought weren't great, and then for whatever reason it still gapped up like seven bucks, and I sold it out that day. Um, one fifty, I think I got right on on. The, you can see on the day October twenty fourth, I never got back in. I thought about getting back in. I mean, you get back down to this 120, the low back, and I actually got very close to the low of this thing when I bought it. I played it really well. 121.36 is the low. I mean, we're five, six bucks away from there. Get down there, maybe it's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of value here, but the growth has always been the issue with F5 Network. So the earnings, the earnings were good, actually. The EPS, beat the estimate, and sort of the sales, but they came in with some light guidance there. Q yeah. Q2 EPS guidance, the range they gave was $2.14 to $2.17. Estimate was all the way up at $2.44. So white on the Q2 EPS guidance. Sales guidance was fine. Everything else was fine. It was just white on the the, uh, EPS guidance for the the current quarter. It makes a lot of money. I think it's trading 12 or 13 times earnings. So definitely a cheaper multiple. But again, the growth's not there. So that's why it's got the cheaper multiple. It's interesting down the low 120s where you got that low back in August, I think. I don't know if I'm stepping in here at 127. Yeah, let's see here. Dennis talking. Uh, there's some uh, monthly lows at 26.51. And then look out, Loretta, all the way down to 121.36. That's the lumber I like. Yeah, that's your August low. Uh, you do have a little bit of uh, confluence here. Your pre-market low, wow, that was 125.95, so that's in the area. For me, the interesting number right here is 128.5. Since we've had that bounce, well, there's not much volume trading here, so I'm not going to put a super lot of significance on it, but it just seems like you know there's someone selling here at 128.5. So if you break above that, get some of these losses back, but uh, you're resting too close to that pre-market low for me to say, you know, I think that low is going to stand for the remainder of the session. We'll see what happens when the real liquidity comes in. All right, so let's, let's bring on our guest. Nick. Let's bring Nick on. Nick Shaheen is the author of Create Income with Option Spreads and SellSpreads.com. Joined us every other Tuesday at 835 to give us his thoughts on the market. Nick, good morning. Good morning to you. Uh, 
We've been talking a lot of coronavirus and now some earnings. What what to you is the more important? Yeah, Nick us? Nick is the 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 voice of reason. The yeah, I want to hear the voice of reason. Come on, come on. Can well, you calm Dennis down, please? We weren't sure. Sure. We I'm nervous. Well, he's nervous because he's a dad and he's worried about his son. There you go, and it's uh, true. And my wife said the same thing. And that That's is true. why you just refer to the charts and trade the levels as they are. And what uh, do you got for me? Okay, so for today, you know, the bounce is nice, but you have clear lines that they need to cross. If I wanted to just draw one line, it would be somewhere around 3266, 67. And the, the whole last few hours of trade last uh, is kind of like an inverse head and shoulder. So if they're able to take that area out, they can fill the gap. But then up at the gap, they, they would be 3280 to 3300 is a tough zone just because of what I see. And so that's from the upside perspective. So it's important to know when not to chase. And it's important to know where are they absolutely need to hold levels and where would be the next level below that. And if you do that, then you can ignore the headlines because the headlines don't bring new prices. They most often just uh, expedite whatever was going to happen. So I wasn't a genius in the last couple of weeks when I said, I'm starting to build some various positions. I bought some spy puts uh, and put spreads and sold some call spreads. I, I wasn't fully bearish on the market, but we were riding it long for a long time. As you know, I've been saying, you know, new highs, new highs. Yeah. And then we started building. So yesterday was a good cha-ching, cha-ching day, whereas people that are buying the puts we're selling were people panicking and reacting right. to headline. So, so my question, I just don't want to interrupt you too many times but yeah like why did you i mean why did you cover i mean what was it was, was you i didn't cover okay I, did, I, I booked profits but i left uh, okay, uh, runners because i do have levels so like in the spy for example i know that 300, 300 328 and a half ish zone is going to be difficult and if you take that out 332 is going to be difficult clearly but this week is very binary so i couldn't stay you know what we're going I wasn't shorting the market. Yeah, right. I was trading the levels. And, you know, this is a gambling week. Talk about the big, huge market cap swings that could happen mm -hmm. on earnings and the Fed on Wednesday. So talk about not knowing which way it's going to go. Nobody can tell me they know the outcome of this week. But I can tell you that Facebook is probably going to demolish the earnings. They're going to crush it. Um, okay. I uh, because their advertising reaches, you know, I have somebody in my chat room that they spend seven or eight figures on it, whatever. They're responsible for spending advertising for the giant company on Facebook. And he says they do nothing but Facebook now. And I personally fell for two or three of their ads on Instagram. And I'm only on Instagram for my gym, like three minutes a day. So I was like, if I fell for it and I never buy anything off of advertising, they are crushing it. That's my thesis. They're so, awesome at figuring out what you want to see in those ads. I mean, it's well, unbelievable. I, I, I feel like we talk, we talk about some on this show, and then yeah. it's on my Facebook. They are listening on their phone. <laughs> my, son, my son told me that last year. They'd be talking about stuff with his friends, and suddenly their ads on Snapchat are exactly what. But Snapchat doesn't do as good a job. And the same person did try Twitter and did try Snapchat from my chat room. And they didn't get results, so they stuck with Facebook. I think Google's in trouble if they don't find new streams, if their management, the new shakeup and management, if I can call it a shakeup, 
they're in trouble. So Facebook, I know, is going to crush their earnings. Apple could crush the earnings. We don't know. Apple is now like 40% higher in value relative to itself. Like it sells at a six times sales versus it used to be in the fours. And like a 28, 27 PE it used to be 18. Uh, it's not expensive, but relative to itself, it is. But this is maybe a new company. So I don't want to short it based on that. So it may crush its earnings. So I don't want to be too staunch short. That's why I covered some to answer your question. So you're basically kind of neutral here. You don't have a bullish or a bearish stance. It kind of sounds well, like. Well, I'm trading the thesis and the, the ranges. So I'll give you an example. A few weeks ago, I did a video for the members and I said, I'm going along the TLT for the whole year or at least half the year, which that means I sold. That's a bearish bet. No, it's a bet on Tina. It's a bet that whatever happens, they're going to buy our bonds. That's my bet. And I think that'll hold up for the whole year. Unless Christine Lagarde starts raising its, their rates in Europe, they're going to have to buy U.S. bonds. There is no doubt about it. And I said, if long markets, I can best protect my longs by going long the TLT. So I sold put spreads. I didn't buy calls. I sold put spreads. And then the TLT broke out on the chart. And I said, you can buy calls in the TLT. It's going much higher. That was last week. And boom, that delivered a lot of profit. So this is, these are bets. So now those put spreads are all paid up. And I sold call spreads to make them iron condors on some. Just spread, you know, and today those will be green. I'll probably close those out. So there are things you can do that who cares what the headline says. So there's a thesis in Tina that was clear a few weeks ago, and that played out. And then the last couple of weeks, we said, okay, it's topping. I've hit all my targets. Unless they take the targets out with a trigger, I'm not going to chase more upside. In fact, I'm going to start building some bearish positions. I wasn't a genius at it. It was just logic. And I'm really ignoring, trying. I do watch the news. I do read the headlines, but I talk to myself in the third person to talk myself out of listening to these headlines. You know, this virus, they don't even call it the right name. Coronavirus is the name for the whole yeah, there's no name for it. Like it's so I'm a, calling it the Wuhan virus. I don't know why they keep calling it the coronavirus. It's not the coronavirus. Because SARS was a coronavirus. Ebola. Is, it, common cold is a coronavirus. Yeah. So, so this is to I me, did that too. I did that the, in one of my articles. This to me too. is yeah. the cold on steroids. And they'll figure it out. Yet gambling, are they're freaking out. So the gambling drops in the stock. This is where if somebody knows the company long-term, they can make a decision that this may be a buying opportunity, but their foot traffic will be impacted because of the headlines. You know, the problem is that the headlines are designed to freak us out. Otherwise, nobody would watch. If somebody said, yeah, somebody, if you're sick, there's an, there, there's an issue in Wuhan and a few people are sick. I, th I think I want to just clarify something you're saying because the media, I agree, the media yeah. is designed to freak us out. I yeah, make my living trading off headlines. Yeah, but like I look at the, the Benzinga Pro, so, I, I, so, I've, I've, I've traded for 10 okay. years exclusively trading headlines, the information, the stuff right. that is like coming okay. through the Pro that is fact. So the headlines but, about when you the talk virus. media, like but, CNBC, that's a completely yeah. different story. No, I'm, yeah, but I'm talking about all the headlines about the virus. They're inflammatory. If when I write an article, I submit it, they never take my headline because it's not inflammatory enough. They always reword it and they they put it in terms that that catch eyeballs, like a call to action. 
Well, well you're well, still yeah. calling headlines something different than I would, though, because okay. those are media. T- like, so I just want to clarify something because those are okay. media Twitter clickbait. Like, headlines aren't in Twitter. Headlines come from press releases, stuff from companies. So, like, when well, those I those are included I'm, in headlines. Okay, so news headlines. How about that? That's what the news headlines. Like, okay. I'm, I'm saying is like when you're Benzinga Pro. Like, yes, I, I would say I mean. right now, don't go yes. canceling your Benzinga Pro. I make a lot of money <laughs> trading Benzinga Pro. So no, I, I make my living every day I, trading I headlines. Agree. When we get 1,200 confirmed cases last night, we yeah. had a dip on that. It, they bought the dip. They turned around and started oh, doing different things. But the market fall fell six points in a matter of seconds when those yeah. numbers came out. There are tradable events from that from the headlines that you get. So there's a difference between media propaganda yeah. and the press well, releases that are coming you can, from the company. You can trade the headlines, even the bad ones, because if you know what they are and how they impact and where the lines that matter are on the chart, like I don't care what the headline is. If I see the ES go above a certain level or below a level, it's a tradable event to me. So what gets it above and what gets it below, I really don't care anymore. Uh, the only reason I would read the headline and take take the information is to to see what other people are going to be doing about it, and see if I can anticipate some sort of an emotional response on it. So, I mean, the reason I just want to give you more on the headlines. Like, I mean, if you were just ignoring headlines completely, you would ignore all upgrades and downgrades. You would I ignore- would one hundred percent. I would never buy a stock based on an upgrades from some some guy or person, girl. I don't. But know. it's not true because if you were looking. You're going to look at your levels and maybe use that upgrade to sell on that level. But, you know, there's still a reason that the stock is moving. Yeah. So example, today somebody passed along, they're sharing information to help me trade Uber. Somebody upgraded it, said it could double or up 50% or something. It was like, now they love it, Uber. (laughs) Now when it's approaching a really tough level, uh, now they love it. So instead of saying, wait until it breaks through this horizon that we have here at 38. Then there is the big rally from there. Uh, you know, we start nibbling in or whatever. Now they say it's going to be up 54%. So some poor schlep reads this and they pile into Uber. It, maybe it's a good thing to pile into Uber, but they need to properly frame it and they don't. So I ignore the upgrades and I read them maybe if somebody puts them on my desk, but I definitely don't follow them. But like and there's different timeframes for everybody too. I mean, Nick and, you know, and I love yeah. Nick. I love your analysis. I love, but you know, traders do different things. Me, my trading style and Nick's trading style are completely different. You're a technical guy. I'm a headline guy. Mm-hmm. I make my living trading headlines. You make your living trading technicals. So sometimes we're going to butt heads every once in a while just because our trading styles are different. We're, it doesn't mean what you're saying is not relevant. It doesn't mean what I'm saying is not relevant. We're not butting heads. We're probably doing exactly the same thing for different reasons. So, uh, but the way you trade you you're actively buying and selling shares in quantities, I believe. So and, and on the headlines, I'm trading yes. on like the second it breaks most, the speed most, game. <laughs> most trading accounts are not that big, in my opinion. From the thousands of people that I've dealt with, most trading accounts cannot do that. Like I know I have friends that have um, trading services, and I said I I think to myself is like. Who can sell a hundred contracts in, in a stock? Very few people can do that because of margin purposes. Um, so they they claim you know fifty sixty thousand dollars in income a month, but they use three four million dollars in margin. Most accounts are not that big that are trading. So right, I, I see I see what you're saying, and 
you have your own method and this is the point. You don't react and do something because somebody says do it. You do your own homework, you see the headline, you meld the two and you act on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the business of news interpretation is what yeah. I would say. I look at the headlines, I interpret, I think there's a thesis because of this new headline breaking and I buy or sell the stock based on that. Right. So, so it's you, a little bit, it's like Discover Financial last night, I'll give you an example. I see an SEC filing comes out, we have insider buying happening in a stock that's depressed, probably going to trade higher here today. I buy okay, last so night let, and it trades higher. Let's put this into, like I just posted an Uber chart. If, if you put it up, just looking at the chart right now, because, because my investment is so long-term, I'm not even looking at the chart. So I, I put a few alerts for myself. But if I'm looking at the chart, if I was that guy, I would say we see tremendous upside in Uber, uh, but there are some technical levels to point at. A, a good entry would be at 3390 you know, as, as, as opposed to 36.30. So if it dips to 33.90, we're definitely buyers there. Um, earnings are coming up. They're kind of wild. So you might want to nibble now instead of just blatantly say it's up, going to be up 50, 54%. And then above 38, it probably has a $10 rally from there. So these are important things to add to the, just a typical headline. So I'm like on a crusade to tell people that the, the, don't, if you follow the CNBC stream, for example, you're doomed to do exactly opposite or you should be doing all the time. So they, if you're following opinions, yeah, I completely, yeah. and I, I'm on board with that too, because basically but, most of that, like when you watch last night, it's all opinions. I mean, we're opinions too, right? So how many- do your own homework. Don't just yes, say and do what we say. Yes. So I, I use the unusual options activity on, on CNBC as a perfect example. They come out and say, Unusual options, they're, they're piling into a, a, an options contract, whatever, calls or puts, and they're buying the whatever. First of all, for every buyer, there's a seller. So they're buying and selling. The fact that one person is more different than buying, who knows which is smarter, the buyer or the seller? There's always, it's not an immaculate buy. They don't just materialize out of the blue. So there's a buyer and a seller. Plus, if you read any options books, or you attend and what's the first thing in the first paragraph to say most options expire worthless. So this is the definition of most. You're pointing out the leg with the most. That's doomed to fail just by the definition of how you invest in options. So do your own homework. You see a headline, the pros, the real pros, they look at it and they see if, it, if they can trade off of it. They don't see if they can pile into it. So that, that's my point. Do your homework and you will be prepared. Like people that bought puts yesterday, they're going to get stopped out today. And then they're going to repeat the process. They're going to buy puts on the next tizzy and they're going to get stopped out. So they're used, if you look at the options open interest into this last couple of red days, there was tremendous downside pressure, meaning the market makers were stuck wrong. And this whoosh down, they just handed it over to the retail. They, here are your puts. So they fixed their position. That downside pressure is gone. There's slight upside pressure for this week. So I ask you about, uh, people are asking about the TLT and that looks like it's moved a little bit ahead, you know, back up near all time highs here. So I know that you were playing the, um, the other one, the, uh, I'm sorry. Was no, it I did the TLT. Oh, TLT. I, all right. I, just, Going forward now here, how, how are you looking at this? So the TLT yesterday, I shorted it, but just to book profits. So 
it, it got into a zone to where onus is on the bulls of the TLT to break through it. So if I had bought calls off of my trigger at 139 or whatever it was, and then again at 140 and change, then I would be selling my calls out and booking them. And in my case, I was long put spread, I was short put spread, so long the TLT by selling risk below. I sold risk above way out in time just to make an iron condor out of mine. It was like in the 150s. So I'm okay with that. And on the chart, you can see that there's that 146 ledge. So in my experience, when they get to a ledge that big, it's hard to just blast through it. Uh, so the next, uh, the, the higher prices from yesterday were going to be labored. Getting here is easy. Getting above here is going to be harder. If we get a big headline like you were expecting as far as that causes a whoosh down in stocks, they might be able to plow through it. But on a normal day, I expect resistance into 146 on the TLT. And just real quickly, does that make you bearish banks? Um, I, I was bearish banks. And um, I, I believe I shorted Goldman Sachs at, for a trade. And then I decided that I don't know enough about their new retail thing. And I got out of it. But yes, I would not be chasing banks upwards. If they fall, I would sell puts into them because they are not expensive. Well, they are expensive now relative to themselves. But if they fall back to reasonable levels, I mean, they're not bloated. Uh, they have good balance sheets, et cetera. But uh, Goldman Sachs was the guy I wanted to pick at, and, but then I chickened out. But it, if, if you twist my arm, I would probably short them. Okay. All right. That was a I wouldn't thing. go along them. Thank you, Nick. Sure. All right, Nick. Have a great one. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Good Thanks debate. Time. I like it. All right. Um, let's cover the M&A deal that we had this morning. Sure. We have not discussed yet. Borg Warner, ticker BWA, is uh, acquiring Delphi Technologies, DLPH, for a total cost of $3.3 billion. It is an all-stock transaction, which means there is a ratio involved. Here is that exchange ratio. Delphi shareholders will receive a fixed ratio of 0.4534 shares of Borg Warner for every share of Delphi that they own. So 0.4534 is your ratio for traders who employ strategies like Dennis. Like me. I love it when I get a new M&A deal. I've been hurting because all these deals have been closed and I've been losing all my deals. So I love risk arbitrage and I love it when I get a new deal. So we're going to go, just to, for you new traders out there, going to go 35.75, which is the current price of BWA times the 0.4534 ratio, uh, which is what Spencer Israel just told us, gives you a price for Delphi of $16.21. It's trading at $15.90, meaning it's trading with only a 30 cent discount, a 2% discount from the price, which is actually a little bit surprising that there are only a 2% discount on that. Usually it'd be a little bit less because you got time value of money in there. Plus obviously have the risk that the deal doesn't go through. So I'm actually surprised it's a little bit that high. Um, but you know, sometimes there can be other suitors that come in as well. So, um, sometimes the risk garbage pricing right up to these prices, uh, in those cases, but, um, love it that I have a new deal to trade BWA DLPH ratio 0.4534. Have you ever seen a more horrible looking chart than Delphi here? Just going straight down since, uh, I don't know if that was a reorg or a auto parts producers have just that. been look a mess. That. Anything to do with non-Tesla. <laughs> I mean, you know, you look at the chart of GM, look at the chart of Ford. And, you know, obviously we're in the Motor City here and we, you know, um, 
you know, there's a lot of people employed because of this business, the businesses around here. But I mean, the auto parts producers have just been an epic disaster. DLPH, same thing. So maybe this deal, like BWA hasn't been, you know, nearly as bad uh, looking chart as DLPH, but maybe they're just thinking it's gotten so cheap that the synergies here just make sense. And, and maybe that is cost cutting efforts, makes sense, similar businesses, um, it probably makes sense the deal. And no, I mean, the Delphi chart just looks horrible and Borg order. Oh, it looks a little better today. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you're not too happy if you bought this one and BWA getting hit on this. I mean, I'm hands Which off. isn't surprising. Yeah, yeah, especially on and all and often on the you know the stock deals they get hit, but they get hit because the risk arbs are coming in too, right? They got to buy that up and they got to buy it in the ratio. So there's one of two ways you can do that, and usually they do the combo is they bring down the acquire and they bring up the acquiree. So and that's where they're bringing it up to. So it's up 62 percent. They're paying a premium. So usually they knock a lot of that premium off of the acquire right away. How much is the deal worth? 3.3 billion. Let's go take a look at what Borg Warner is, because a lot of times they knock, if it's a $3.42 billion deal or whatever, they knock $3.2 billion off the price of the acquire. You know. see this happen a lot of times. It's amazing. Um, they're knocking uh, less than that, though, because BWA's market cap was only seven points. So I'm knocking uh, way less than that this morning. So they, they obviously have seen the synergies as a good thing here. That's why BWA isn't down more. All right, let's just look at some of the reports we're going to get after the close today. It's a big day. Apple, Whew. AMD, eBay, Starbucks. Oh, mm-hmm. It's a big day for – and the, there are more. Those are just a, a couple, but it, it is a big day for earnings. These next three days, actually, today, tomorrow, Thursday, all big days for earnings. It's going to be very, very interesting. And like I said, this is a beautiful setup, like I was saying off the hop. You could get a run up here today ahead of these earnings. Maybe there's some good reports. Maybe we bump up and and get a shot near the highs again. My personal opinion is I think we're going to be lower in two weeks. I think the virus isn't going to get contained as well as everybody thinks it is over here. So I think it's going to give me a nice opportunity to buy some protective insurance or potentially put on some shorts. So SPY is trading up here this morning. I'm hoping the Apple blows away. I'm still long Apple, planning on staying with my Apple stock, but I'm looking more from an index perspective. We get up near 327, 328, 330 on the SPY. It sets up pretty well for a short. Okay. All right. And uh, who else? Uh, AMD, I think, is after yep, the close AMD, too. eBay, Starbucks, who may provide some color about their operations in China. We don't know. Um, but... Big day for earnings. Uh, looking at the ratings here, sure. Not a not a big day for ratings. The one that caught my eye was Canopy Growth, caught an upgrade from BMO to outperform this morning. You don't see big too pop. many. You don't see too many upgrades to to pod stocks. Uh, so that one caught my eye. And it's Canadian, big Canadian bank upgrading Canadian stock. It will be impactful. You look at BMO, they don't move the U.S. stocks as much as they move the Canadian stock. So this will move CGC here today. It's already trading up 4.5%. It's a nice lift for the stock. Did it, uh, it's had a rally and a pullback, a rally and a pullback, a rally, a pullback consolidation, big old rally, now another pullback. So it's trying. I mean, I, I would say, you know, maybe draw a trend line off that panic yeah. oh, in the fourteen dollar hand, or thirteen eighty one, connect that with the low at uh, eighteen fifty. You know, boom, boom, boom. Your trend line goes right up there. Kind of hit it yesterday, so that's what I'm looking for. I mean, it's, it's trying to rally, and uh, this certainly is helping today. 
And then- MJ is interesting. And just while we're talking the pot stocks for one minute, this 16 was such huge support. And we've come all the way back down. We got down to 1660 yesterday. Now we're going to be lifted a little bit here with the CGC upgrade. And maybe that helps a little bit of the other stocks. I mean, if you're buying MJ at 17 here, you know you're out. It's below 16. So, and you've had a significant pullback here. So you're not chasing here now. I'm not saying these are long-term because I still don't like the cannabis sector long-term. I think the competition's too intense, but we were trying to squeeze them a little bit. And if you think, you know, that those levels can hold, you've got a nice level to lean on in the MJ at 16. 10 out of 11 months in a row, not in a row, but 10 out of the last 11 months, uh, MJ has traded lower. So maybe do trend is still not your friend takes out that 16 katie bar the door we're in trouble (laughs) but if you're looking to be a a little bit of a contrarian there here at least you got a good 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 level level to lean on yeah yep cgc seems to be the leader you know in the bunch Uh, it is yeah it is i played tilray a little bit but it's like it's at one day are you looking at a one day 22 and a half then you look at it's at 2070 and then you're wild 190 then it's it you know and you're like you know I just, uh, it was more of just like, okay, I have some profit. I'm getting out. Leave me alone. I don't want to look at this stock bounce around anymore. But uh, CGC getting off the mat today. Any other uh, ratings of interest? Uh, there were a couple. We caught an, an upgrade to a couple of home builders. Uh, who was it? It was Evercore upgrading Pulte to outperform and Meritage Homes MTH to outperform as well. Uh, JP Morgan downgrading Diageo. To underweight and beyond meat to neutral this morning that's interesting so the beyond meat let's talk that one because everybody trades that thing i trade it too it's not trading down on this i know this stock is still squeezing it cannot like we haven't taken out the highs of the move and it wasn't good that it didn't take the high out on the move on that uh, candle four days ago i'm talking the 135 23 then it got up to 134.70 so you get above there though there's no such thing as triple tops i mean again from fundamental perspective this makes no sense at all but it doesn't matter fundamentals take a back seat always especially when you're squeezing it's not good news that this is downgraded if you're you're bearish this thing and it's downgraded it's not trading down uh, that's concerning. I mean, from the short perspective. So I'd say as long as this thing's above like 119.60, the low from yesterday, we could still squeeze them more. All right. Let's uh, wrap things yep. up here on this uh, uh, Tuesday. I don't know how, how to label it here. Uh, is that uh, a terrible Tuesday? No, it's, it's, trying a, it's Tuesday. a Tuesday. It, it's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. For the market Tuesday, it's a, that's what I'm it's a, t- it's a testy Tuesday. But uh, thanks to our, our guest today, Nick Jaheen. I wasn't testy, you. was I? No, you were fine, Dennis, as usual. <laughs> Thanks to the, our... the chat said I was testing. I want to test you. No, 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 no. the chat did say. Thanks to everyone in our chat <laughs> on YouTube and premarket.benzinga.com. If you click on the link in the description of this video to Benzinga Pro, it won't just get you a free two-week trial. It will get you a discount should you want to continue your subscription to Benzinger Pro. So again, that link is in the description of this video. I want to remind you all about the upcoming Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference in Miami, February 24th and 25th, BenzingaEvents.com to learn more there. You can always catch our podcast of our show or rewatch our show on YouTube. Give us a call, 734-494-0246. Shoot us an email, premarket at Benzinga.com. And please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.